of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the Kenny and JT Show. Got you all the way through until uh, 6.30 tonight. That's when the Cavaliers are playing at Washington. Pre-game at 6.30. 7 o'clock is tip-off right here on WHBC. And along those lines, let's welcome in our next guest to talk some Cavs, some Browns, maybe some Guardians if we have the time. Outstanding sports columnist, Cleveland.com, the plain dealer and author of many, many books. Terry Pluto joining us again here on the Kenny and JT Show. Terry, thanks for making time for us. Happy New Year. How are you? I am doing well. So I am. Uh, I'm all set to go. How's that? Uh, we're ready to rock and roll with you as well, Terry. And I want to get right into the Cavaliers because mm-hmm. JT and I were saying that road win at Indiana last night may have been their most complete road performance of the season. Just your thoughts on where they are right now, 33 and 22, heading into tonight's game, coming off that win. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing, and have to go back and look at the schedule, see if there was something else better, but. Um, the main thing was where they've been losing on the road and hearing about losing on the road. They, you know, they came together, they played well. Indiana's a pretty good team and Carlisle's a pretty good coach. So if, if you're not ready for them, they could run you right out of the gym. And I, I was just so glad to see uh, them working the big guys. Rubio makes a big difference on that. Not just what he does when he's on the floor, but I think, um, you know, the example that he shows about, you are allowed to throw the ball to people in the post, which is kind of a lost art. <laughs> I'm, I'm in agreement with you on all of that, Terry, because the other night when they uh, they lost to Miami, they ignored the two big guys who mm-hmm. were actually having decent games, right? And I was happy to see both guys last night get touches, get double-doubles, and impact the game at both ends of the floor. Right. You figure out where they want the ball and, and set it up, but... You know, Mobley doesn't really have a, a low post game that much. He's, but you get him out on the wing, and he does have those kind of, well, kind of Chris Bosh type long moves that he can make going to the basket either way. And uh, I just, uh, I just think there's a lot more there with him. And if you really give Jared Allen a moment to get posted, uh, uh, posted up, and maybe even reset on the post, he, he makes like 65 percent of his shots. He just does. Yep. So throw it to him. And I know three points. I'm going to get so tired of hearing guys, well, three points are better than two. Well, two points are better than none. And the other aspect of that is when you throw the ball inside, you're more likely to get to draw fouls. Uh, that counts. And often when a guy in the low post misses the shot close to the rim, it makes more available for uh, somebody else to get an offensive rebound because everybody's collapsing around them. Other than that, it's not a good idea. Easy there, t- Tony <laughs> Romo, with the three scores are better than two scores reference. Uh, uh, Terry, I don't. Well, I mean, don't. Uh, that's a basketball thing. Uh, I know. Too, you know. I know. But it's scoring, and that's where I go back to that. Every time he said that, it drives me insane. Uh, the Memphis game last week I want to talk about because I look at this as, as a wake-up call. Maybe I'm making too much of this. But if you consider uh, the shortcomings of the coaching staff, the Memphis first game, the Miami, maybe even the Knicks game, and they weren't able to close out, do you, do you consider that what went down between Donovan Mitchell and the final third minute, third quarter, 
uh, that fight, and he throws the ball. Is that a wake-up call, or are we making too much of this? Because it's the first time the Cavaliers really played well on the road. They've won back-to-back games for the first time in like a month, and it seems as though, and I know it's such a long season, maybe they get on a roll. Am I making too much up of this? Probably, but it's a positive sign, that's for sure. Uh, we'll know more in another week or two, if you're right. Uh, the big thing in my mind is that um, during this time where they've been up and down and all around, they also had, didn't turn around and lose five in a row either. Uh, I think they were eight and eight or whatever it was in January. And so they've stayed away from these um, big swings in a negative direction. The only one earlier in the year, they had that uh, five-game road trip on the West Coast that okay. they didn't guard anybody. And that's when JB went from saying, you know, they're, uh, we went from uh, junkyard dogs to fat cats and right. uh, things like that, which I do like when he calls them out in general periodically. And that's why when he went to bat for them the other day, I wrote a mm-hmm. column that I don't think it was so much a response on his end to, to being criticized. I really don't. I think he felt the team needed to be built up. Um, he's one of the best I've seen at reading the moods of his team and getting them to play together. Because if you look at the average NBA team where all the starters are 26 and under, they stink. They're all playing for themselves. They're running around the court and everybody's count lottery balls. So, uh, and you could say, and well, these guys have more talent. Some of those guys are pretty talented too, but they're just not together at all. Now, this doesn't mean he's up there with Lenny Wilkins with X's and O's or anything like that, but a big part of it, you know, we always hear this culture junk. Well, they have it to some extent there, mm-hmm. and I do trust him, on, especially on that end of it, on how he's reading the team and, and what he's doing there just with his guys. Terry Pluto, our guest, happy to have him here talking some Cavs basketball right now on the Kenny and JT Show. Terry, let's stay on JB for a second here because uh, for a while there I was getting concerned. I'm thinking to myself, man, they're not getting the ball inside. Is that him Uh not preaching that? Is it the players not listening? They're terrible with ATOs after timeout plays. Is that the coach uh, in not drawing it up properly or is that the players not executing, not getting the ball inbound, stepping on the sidelines, catching passes, you know, the stupid turnovers like that. Where are you with JB for this basketball team as its head coach? Well, I do agree on the out-of-bounds plays um, because all you needed to go is, I mentioned Lenny Wilkins before, he was a master at, at the, yeah. some of those well, I'll tell you one of the best I ever saw is it was a lower level. Dennis Gates had terrific out-of-bounds plays. I saw at Cleveland State. So you could run them if you really work on them. You know, the old thing in coaching is you get what you stress. So that's something to be fixed. I think a lot of times all across the NBA, they give these mixed signals on guys. They want you to take this open three-pointer. But what does that do? That leads to a lot of quick shots, and it also leads to um, – your big man feeling lost. I mean, I, I'm glad to have heard, especially recently, they mentioned you know, in the huddle, JB said, slow the pace down in that. Uh, so that'll, uh, that's something that he's trying to get them to do. Um, and I'm just, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. I just, I just think people don't want to hear, you know, they're young and this, I mean, this team, what are they, 10 or 11 games over 500? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see where it ends up. And when you do have had, a lot of in and out with Mitchell and Garland. Other teams are, are going through that too, but there's a little reason for the herky-jerkiness. Um, and in the end, they're doing one of the hardest things to, to get an, uh, a young NBA team to do, and that's defense. And you look at their overall numbers, I mean, they're really good at that. And that is difficult. Kid, 
you have that's why I talked about the culture and, and the attention to your players to get your guys to do that collectively um, in in the modern NBA at that age. Uh, it's a real challenge. Terry, I don't know how many of us predicted that the Guardians would win their division in baseball last year. And if you can, I'm 77 and 85. How's that? Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> if you too. consider, I don't think a lot of us had the Cavaliers scheduled in to be this good this year. Is it too soon? And should they mm-hmm. make a deal at the trade deadline? Or is it still just, hey, maybe we should wait till next season? They don't have, what do you want, who do you want to trade that's going to really make a big, yeah, you could trade Karis LeVert right. and Malik Beasley or somebody like that. That's fine. But you 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 made your trade when you when you bring in uh, Donovan and you've traded all those number ones. You can't trade a number one pick till 2030 or something uh, because of the Stepien rule. So that really gives you a hard time in terms of trying to facilitate a deal to bring in somebody because those number ones help you um, when you want to bring in an established player from a team that's falling apart. So that's I think they're kind of stuck. I mean, this is the group you can add along the fringes, but in terms of the heart of the team, this is what you got. And I don't see – I mean, I don't want to trade Garland. I don't want to trade uh, any of the big guys. I don't want to trade even in Donovan. So then you start getting into, you know, what can you get for love on an expiring contract, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. That's where they're at. What about Isaac Okoro, Terry? I, I know he played very well last night. Mm-hmm. I never was an Isaac Okoro fan when they drafted him far too high. Um, he's been too inconsistent over his career. And this year, let's see if he can put two good games back-to-back, you know, tonight after last night. Could there be a team out there that might have some interest in a young guy that they think they might be able to fix to get rid of a, an older guy who has maybe a year or two left on a contract? Maybe, but I actually think he's fairly valuable to them in the regard that whoever is that last player in that group when they have the other four out there, he's not going to get a lot of shots. And so you need that guy to be willing to deal with that and uh, also to defend. That, um, you know, this is not fantasy league where you just try to get the perfect guy at every single spot. You try to get guys to fit. I mean, when when they went and got Levert a year ago, it's because they didn't know they were going to get Donovan Mitchell, and they, they were willing to take a guy that, um, you know, now they say high usage. Back when we were there, he's like he had the ball too much. Um, yeah. and But in exchange for the scoring. So, uh, sure, I'd like to see somebody with a better outside shot that would, you know, be at that small forward, but I just think that uh, uh, he's not the worst fit they could have at that spot. And, you know, they're trying Dean Wade in there, and they're trying to get back to the big lineup, and, and that kind of thing. But I really, if you want to get your offense better, use your, some of your regular players more often, namely your big guys. Terry, last thing on the Cavs, and we'll jump to, to the Browns uh, this offseason with Super Bowl week uh, upon us right now. Uh, when you look at the Eastern Conference, and now with Kyrie being dealt once again uh, at his request uh, to uh, the Western Conference, does this help the Cavaliers from the standpoint of, all right, uh, instead of maybe ending up as the sixth team uh, in the playoffs or out in the play-in, this knocks one of those teams uh, out of the race. Are you ready to say that about the Nets, and does it help the Cavs or no? Well, it doesn't hurt them, that's for yeah. sure. It's not like they brought in a star or something else. Because um, if Kyrie felt like playing a whole season, uh, they were in trouble. But, I mean, who knows on that guy? Right. And uh, a big issue there now will be Durant. 
both his uh, physical health and his emotional state. You know, because you know, he thought he was going to go there. He and Kyrie, they were going to be these superstars. And remember, remember, they had Harden in there for like five minutes. They tried right. that. Uh, so they were kept trying to do the superstar team. So all that hurts Brooklyn and helps Cleveland. So I'm the more things, more times you can knock out some of those teams above you, the better on, on whatever reason. But when I look at the Celtics and I look at Milwaukee, um, especially those two, I just don't see the, the Cavs in their class right now. Yeah, too early for that, and uh, let's see uh, them yeah. get some playoff experience this year and move forward then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, the next two years. All right, let's go to the Browns, Terry, as you get ready to watch Super Bowl 57. I think it is this Sunday, Eagles and the Chiefs. My question to you is, how far away are the Browns from either one of those two teams? Isn't this Mahomes' third Super Bowl already, I believe? Yes. Think about that for a moment. And he's in yeah, your I conference. Know. I mean, do you do we have another version of Tom Brady at work here? It's possible, right? Yeah. Andy Reid, Tom Brady, you know, Brady and Belichick, Reid and Mahomes. So that's number one. Number two, um, I I was not a huge uh, Watson fan when he was with with Houston. I thought he was good. But, you know, the things that I've been hearing from the Browns, the top three or top five quarterback, I just didn't see it. I thought he was good. You know, B-plus, that kind of guy. But where you drop them into the roster and it, at the very least they play kind of close to 500, even if the stuff around them isn't very good, um, he's not that guy. Now, he certainly should be better than what they have. My goodness, if, if, it's, if he's fairly close to what we just watched, oh, boy. Uh, I don't even want to think about that. And I was you know, completely against the trade because not only of the – you know, the, the PR moral considerations, but the, you know, the draft picks and the contract and the impact on the salary cap and all that stuff. Uh, but it's done, and he's here. But, you know, I was glad to see they hired Schwartz for the defense because the defense was the thing that really, really crushed him in, in a lot of the key games. I don't know. I just – by the way, since I didn't finish a single thought with them, that tells you exactly <laughs> where I am with the Browns. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, though, because – Every year they're shoving down our throat that on paper we look really good. But for the last mm-hmm. two years, the team's been sub-500. Is there other talent on this team? Or what are, they, what are we reading into this? I, I don't know that the offensive line is as good as they want to tell us it is. And we all know that there are shortcomings on the defensive line. Well, it may not be as good as they tell it is. It's still a good offensive line. And when you look at the various people that, not just pro football focused, but some of these others that look at it, they all tell you that, you know, the offensive line, you know, I, maybe they're going to need to get a left tackle or something at some point, but it's not a disaster. Like you see some of these other teams, defensive line, as you're correct, it needs mm-hmm. a ton of work. And Schwartz, I think will impact that because he will come in with have more, uh, more say in the draft than, uh, than Woods did. Although Woods was on this whole weird thing about wanting all these safeties. I mean, that was his idea. Remember that? To play mm-hmm. three safeties and uh, two linebackers and all that kind of stuff. So they drafted somewhat to that design. And, of course, after it doesn't go well, then everybody blames everybody else. But mm-hmm. I do know that for a fact because I had that discussion with somebody high up with the Browns. At first I go, what's with this guy's obsession with safeties? He goes, oh, it's a San Francisco thing and this, and they play this 
system called quarters where basically you cover, I don't know, as far as I can tell, you cover green grass. You don't necessarily cover people. Um, <laughs> and it, it, just, it just was odd. Now, where I think Schwartz will come in and he'll say, you know, if he wants more heavy defensive tackles, I think they'll go get some. Well, they need them, that's for sure, and they need a book yeah. now that uh, Clowney's done uh, to put on the opposite side of uh, uh, Sergeant Hulka, uh, Miles Garrett, who dislocated his toe. Isn't that uh, the, the Cleveland way, Terry, Who's right? Go, go to the Pro Bowl game, right? Don't play the game, like, the tackle game, and he dislocates his toe. Yeah, What's that? I mean, just, I mean, sun, maybe if you get sunburned or you eat too much and you get indigestion, that would be the only injuries <laughs> I could see out there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Saw that yesterday. Just shook my head and was like, oh, I see. Only in Cleveland uh, do those things happen. Hey, Terry, yeah. we're up against it. We appreciate the time. Uh, as always, uh, keep up the fantastic work at Cleveland.com uh, with your columns. Love them all the time. Uh, and we'll talk again somewhere down the road. All right? Take care, guys. Be fun. All right, Bye-bye. thanks. There he is, Terry Pluto, checking in with us. You can follow him on Twitter, too, at Terry Pluto, and read him on a daily basis at Cleveland.com or The Plain Dealer. When we come back, we'll find out what you missed over the weekend. Get into that and much more as we take you up to Cavs basketball tonight here on WHBC.